Welcome to Fresh Off the Boat. This is uh, a podcast series launched in the times of COVID. Uh, the idea was to reconnect with students I've worked with in the past. Uh, I run Edbrand. It's an education consulting firm based out of New Delhi, India, and I'm delighted to interview our past students. Today's guest is uh, Anish Bora. Anish uh, went to uh, DPS RK Puram, and uh, even in those days when I met him, it was interesting that his his enterprising and creative abilities were to the fore being in a new school and uh, moved from another city uh, he sort of found his place there so i'm sure learning about how you did the same thing and even more at furman university uh, in the us would be interesting so the first question to you anish is how did you find settling into a new environment in a new land in a new college setting where you didn't know anyone yeah so I have had a really interesting journey because the first time I uh, came to the U.S. was a week before my orientation started. Uh, that was the international orientation at Furman, and we don't have any like family friends or friends in general in the U.S. So it was a very a new experience for me. Uh, no one from my family had ever left the country before. I was the first one to do so. Um, and yeah, there were a lot of challenges. The only time that I have uh, I had seen Furman uh, was uh, that I had met a admission counselor that you had arranged uh, and his description and Google Maps. That was the only way that I had explored the university. I just trusted it and I uh, made my way. And I still remember um, the university is in South Carolina, so. It was a little bit of cultural shock because when uh, in popular media, a US is portrayed as New York or LA or Chicago, whereas South Carolina is very, very different from any of that. So when I got there, I was like, where are the skysc skyscrapers and like, where are the big tall buildings, but it's the South. So uh, like everyone drives there, public transportation is very different there or almost non-existent. So, yeah, it was a really interesting uh, transition, I would say. Um, and I think I got a different uh, view of or different perspective of what a U.S. is. And it has helped me understand uh, the U.S. more whole um, around, like the way, uh, the word that admission counselors use uh, uh, a lot. Like I've gotten a holistic view of U.S. Uh, rather than people who come and land in big cities and then the stay there. Great. So uh, that's amazing. You know, the, uh, the Southern hospitality, they say, and uh, the people, did you over the course of your orientation and subsequently, like in the four years you were there, what is it that you realized about the community in a small liberal arts college in South Carolina? What is so unique about it? I think South Carolina unique as in South Carolina is less diverse than I would say other places in uh, America. And I think the the thing that you understand while living in the South where the majority of the population is the majority uh, of America, that's like white Americans, and that you, how different you are from most of the people, you do realize how most of them, most of America is because the big cities, like I mentioned before, have more diversity and uh, you find different kinds of people. So I think like it helped me 
um, learn from what majority of America is like and also tell them my story of where I come from and um, like clear up stereotypes and like I got to understand more of how people see us as Indians in uh, places which are like not New York or uh, not Boston or not LA, I think. Great. What about uh, the academic uh, style? I know coming in from a CBSE school in New Delhi, uh, it's very different to move to a liberal arts setting with all the gendered requirements and class discussions and all of that. How was it for you? I think um, the, the, the main difference was writing a lot. Um, I, I think uh, every US college like focuses on it's a very like research paper-based education then less focus on like exams and quizzes, even if there are those things in analytical sub subjects, but um, even like in courses like in CBSE, like we had history or geography, like we had to just memorize things and like just vomit it out in, in the exam. Like we kind of had an idea of what kind of questions can be asked and what kind of things that we should study. But there, there is more of an exploration when you're studying in a liberal arts college uh, and it's not only, it makes you think because it's not only like exams that if it's A, then it's B, it's more like if it's A, there's so many more answers to that. So go find yours. Uh, there is, we are here to guide you. Yeah, so what about the uh, courses that you really liked if you were to reflect on things with, which were not related to your design major, uh, which you really feel helped you learn a lot or and then talk a little bit about the major the journey that you took to decide your major and minors i think um the most interesting <laughs> this is funny because there was a course on ramayan and i took that because i did not have enough time to complete uh, like two uh, general ed courses and that course was a double dip meaning it satisfied two of my requirements. So it was perfect for me and that semester was very loaded for me. So since I already knew the content um, coming from India, like it just kind of was an easy way out I felt. So I took it, but it was less from the religion perspective. It was more from a philosophy perspective. So I did have to study in that class. Like I knew the story, but there was more analysis of what the story was, and I had to dive uh, dive deeper in it. I even like used to call my mom and like ask her about things because my final paper was like uh, the Atheist version of Ramayana rather, rather than the Balmiki one, which we all know. So not only did I get to dive more and learn more about my own culture, I also got to see how people in that class react to questions and um like scenarios that were brought up in the um in the, the class uh, the, our professor was a very interesting professor that he had spent nine years in india and also a year in bangladesh so i also ended up having a relationship with him and his wife was also um, a professor so i still uh, stay in touch with them so even if it was something that I thought that it was, I'll just go in, write some papers and be done with it because I already know the content. It was much more than that. Like I said, like it's more research and like thought provoking. So like that was very interesting to me. 
That's an amazing story. And how about deciding what you want to study and finally choosing your major minors? How was that journey? So I, going in, I knew that I was going to do computer science and I was going to study graphic design because that, that was my passion. I had taken computer science not because of that I'm that Indian kid who wanted to do computer science. It was more about I was not sure if I wanted to do web design at the beginning. If I wanted the UX, UI was not big back then. So it was web design basically. And while I was doing those courses, I realized that I'm not that in, I'm not that interested in doing computer science. Rather, I wanted to do, I, I ended up doing IT, which was most, most of the courses in computer science, except uh, like computational part, which was more on the science part that I didn't really care because I knew that I was going to just apply and I'll do research over that, whereas my brother did the opposite. And my art um, course stayed the same, but before I started um, Furman, um, there is like, since our calendars were different, like Indian education and American education, there was a huge gap between March and August. And Furman does this um, program, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but they used to run two programs, one to China and one to Japan. And if you were accepted into the program, then they would pay for everything in the trip. Like apart from you buying souvenirs, they would pay for everything. The only condition being that you have to learn that language. So I knew that I had to learn one language. So initially I had thought I learned Spanish because that's the second spoke, like second highest spoken language in the US. But then I figured, yeah, I mean, I want to, I'm not, opposed to learning something just completely different and that was Japanese for me. So when I went there, I really liked, uh, in I really liked the trip. It was a two week trip. Then we came back and I started learning Japanese. Then I thought I want to go there for longer. So I applied for a study abroad and I went there for a semester. While in the semester, I had overloaded, meaning I had taken double the classes that I could take because um, partially the reason was that Japanese courses were a lot more interesting. They were about like anime, manga, or art. I was doing like calligraphy, Japanese calligraphy, and all those things. So later I realized that I had almost taken half, more than half of the courses for Asian studies. So I ended up declaring Asian studies so after I came back. And people still ask me how I did three majors in four years, but that that is the secret that I, when I was studying abroad, I doubled down on the um, number of courses that I did. Fascinating. I think, you know, seizing opportunities and sort of knowing what overlaps within the curriculum. So information technology, studio art and design, and Asian studies. That's uh, quite, uh, sounds definitely very divergent sort of areas, but I guess calligraphy and uh, the art of the Asian uh, Asia Pacific, and then uh, obviously the, even the small the courses, the one course that you took in, on Ramayan, and then of course your interest in computer science and all of that. So, what earned you the BSc degree? Very often students say, "Okay, I can do studio art and design, but I don't think I'll get a uh, you know BSc degree." Is it something unique that you had to do to get that? So the BSc degree was from the IT side. Okay. And, uh, I will be honest, like by the end, I almost lost 
interest in IT, but I had only a few courses and I was, I saw that the BSc degree was right there. There's a funny story that right before my graduation, there was the rehearsal uh, of walking down the graduation. And they, they said that I am not getting a BS rather than I'm getting a BA. And I was disappointed about it. But at the same time, I had stopped caring about that part because I have learned what I wanted. Um, but the the day of the day of graduation, I found out that that was a mistake in the print. So we have different gowns for BA and BS. So I had to go run to the bookstore that morning and exchange it for a, a BS gown, and I walked for BS. So <laughs> that's quite a. So, yeah, and Ashur, uh, my brother, uh, he helped me a lot because I was not able to run in that gown. So he ran and like he got me um, the like the hat was different or something. And yeah, <laughs> that's quite a funny story. Yeah. Super. Yeah. So uh, then you have that STEM degree, and you also get the extension to work for two two and a half years in the U.S. Um, and yeah, so. Sure. So a bit about uh, studio art, though, since that's your area of work currently in Boston, uh, what was it like studying studio art? And what do students who are applying to high school do to prepare themselves for it? And in design in particular, since that was your concentration. So, yeah, so I would have two advice uh, for people who are trying to go for design. Uh, one is that not to try to specialize right now. They will have enough time to specialize during their college or after. So when I was preparing my portfolio for college, I had everything from sketches to uh, watercolor to everything. So basically when you're applying, the portfolio is your major thing. So I, I, I mean, a lot, I had, um, um, I would like to tell the audience that I had also gotten into Pratt, Pratt Institute in New York, which I didn't end up going because of the cost and everything back then, but the, the whole thing that they assess you on is a portfolio. If uh, you graduate, it's the most important thing. After you, you graduate, you're, it's important that you specialize on a certain thing which on basis of which people get hired. But when you're applying from high school to college, all the admission counselors and the art teachers see that you have potential. If you have potential, then you are going to get a call from the college. So make sure that you show that you have a good understanding of like the colors and uh, the figure and ground. I'm pretty sure like the art students who are listening would understand what I'm talking about. So demonstrate that, show a variety. You may show uh, more of what you want to specialize in. So if you are uh, wanting to do a painting, then show more paintings, but don't um, be afraid to show like one or two graphic design um, or typography or sketches. I think it's good to have a variety. And I would say the same thing when you're going into college, especially when you're going to art college, um, a year of foundation, uh, foundation courses is required. Do pay attention to that because nowadays, even if I'm a UI, UI UX designer, I have to sometimes dive into video or sometimes I dive into print. Uh, um, you have more experience in print, so it helps me. But a lot of people I see, they only know to do things digitally. Like they don't, they can design, they don't Illustrator or Photoshop, 
but they don't have the idea of how to look when it prints uh, when it prints or something like that. So it's important to develop that skill because a lot of the employers look look to you as a very like diverse or versatile person, and you should be able to like talk to different people in different uh, departments to coordinate. If you're talking to someone in print or someone in digital, you should know what they're talking about. So. Your major was design, and I think mostly graphic design is what uh, you focused on. And even your current job with UI, UX, design, websites, and all of that. Uh, what are the skills you've picked up, not just in college, but also beyond in your first job and now in your second job in Boston? I think um, in college, what I picked up is I would say my my mentor was uh, the chair of the art department. So I was in contact with him even before I committed to Furman. And that was the main reason that I committed to that. Um, there was a big university. I don't want to put the name out there, but there was a big university in Philadelphia, which was my other choice. And I just felt like that was a very big university, which, which would care less about me. And I guess my choice was right. I'm very happy with my choice. So what I learned is he used to push me a lot. Like we almost became friends um, and by the end, but he used to push me a lot. He used to challenge me a lot. And I learned how to like talk to clients and things like that. I took a class in branding, which was my favorite class um, in college from my major. And we had to pitch to real clients. Um, and during that, I um, there was one project where I we were divided into two two uh, groups, uh, our classes divided into two groups and we were supposed to work, work together. But I had a very strong opinion that none of those uh, directions were good. So I had gone up to him and I said that I think we should do a different direction. So as he always does, he, he's like, okay, we'll divide the group into three parts. Then you are on your own, you can um, pitch your own idea. So what happened that uh, the client ended up picking my direction out of all, all of them because the group class was around 18 people. So it was 17 people against me. And that gave me a really boost in confidence, which I still, still date I remember. And uh, he was surprised that they picked mine um, because at the beginning he was also not very for it. But then uh, we worked together, like of course he helped me, me like refine it more. And yeah, that was my first project for a real client. And, uh, I think that that's like one of my best memories of my art degree. So, so fascinating. I think you continued the DPS Arkipuram hustle <laughs> and, and you know yeah, sort of yeah. made a mark in uh, foreign land. Uh, so your work doesn't seem to just be you know the designer who's sitting aloof from the client. You get briefs and sort of pitch uh, even to get new clients or help the accounts team. What is your current job at Pega Systems like in Boston? And uh, what advice would you give people who want to be uh, designers or work so, in design firm? Yeah, so right now I'm working at Pega Systems in Boston and uh, we are basically a SaaS company and uh, we work uh, to give like software and uh, logic to like most of the big banks in uh, America and it's, it's a billion dollar company uh, but it's behind the scenes so not a lot of people know about it like this year uh, the census of US is being done by Pega so um, but my role here is um, I'm working in a team which is in charge of uh, the Pega 
Academy and Pegup community. So we do the design and the creative side of um, those. So it's basically like LinkedIn Learning. Uh, what Link LinkedIn and LinkedIn Learning have is the same as like Pega and Pega community. So I'm a UI UX designer. So day to day, like I'm, we are uh, creating pages and coming up with like page assets, like you know the pictures, the graphics that go into that. So I I I wouldn't say that. I barely do any coding. I think that's like one of the misconceptions that people have that if you want to be a UI UX designer, you need to know coding. You don't need to know coding. And uh, it's mostly uh, a design tool that I use. And I have to sometimes code a little bit, but that's doable. I think if you are going into UI UX, you have to know a little bit of well, like web coding. So um, yeah, I think that's, that's basically it. Like the first job I had out of college was uh, at Penguin, Penguin Random House in New York. Um, and I was in the uh, Chiller's marketing team and it was mostly print, uh, even if I had digital. So my transition has flipped, like now I'm more on the digital side. But at Penguin, I used to do a lot of things for like Dr. Seuss, Sesame Street, Marvel DC, like uh, Disney. So that was a lot bigger scale. Uh, but you also have to realize that it, it depends on like, what kind of team you're working in. And there I had less say because all of these brands have been developed over like decades. Uh, so you basically get to do um, what what you're, you're told. Like the, the, best, the, the thing that I could, I, I designed which I had full control was like a birthday card for someone. Like that was the only thing which I had no like uh, guidance over that I could do whatever I want. So, uh, you have to choose what you want and not get disheartened, uh, definitely. Or try to get like a design job in college. Um, I, I worked all my years in the marketing department at Furman, which helped me a lot to learn about like lingo and how the things go to like the printer, how it is to be delivered, uh, some work ethics. And then that helped me in my interview and Penguin and then in Penguin, when I learned high industry standard of if you are like I, I was designing promotional things for Frozen 2, even if I had not seen how Frozen 2 art looks like. So Fascinating, that, was like yeah. a, that was a very interesting thing because Disney doesn't let you see their assets. So we had like one computer in there that could do everything. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting to do all those things. And you get to learn from how like how the industry works how things are protected, copyright, all these things, yeah. Fantastic. So where is uh, Anish headed now? What are, what are goals that you've set for yourself and where do you think, uh, uh, wh what do you think would be obstacles in your course or opportunities that you're almost ready for? I think uh, um, like the major op obstacle that you have, I think it's like any US, uh, like international student in US has that you cannot do extra work per se because you're on a, straight visa. So I think uh, um, a lot of the times that people want to speak, people see my work and they want to work with me uh, as an independent um, designer, like I can't really work for them. So I think I want to get to a point where I can work for them. So there are, um, you, you just have to work towards that to get like a work visa or something like that. So legally, that is the uh, barrier obstacle that I have. But other than that, I, I do want to uh, teach more about design, not 
per se uh, like a like a professor, but I think like I want to like uh, put out videos online where I can teach people more about uh, what I have learned, what my experiences. I think most of the designers that I see are very accomplished designers, are like you say celebrity designers. So it's really difficult to like touch them because they have so much reputation in the design industry. And they often do interviews, but I think people don't equate themselves with them. It's they're not that relatable. So I think even if I have not spent years and years in the design industry, I want to teach people about what my experience has been and how I have gotten here. And much like our conversation right now, I'm pretty sure like Absolutely. I, yes. I yeah, I wish like at some point I talked to someone who was 24, 25 about how their experience has been to reach to that point. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So uh, I'm just going to get to the closing of this session with one final question. Uh, if you were to give advice to students who are uh, stuck in a limbo right now, you know, there's so much uncertainty in the world, uh, especially the student body that I work with, kids who are currently in college, lost their internships or jobs off job offers, and even students who are supposed to go to college this year uh, are not sure if colleges are reopening. How do you deal with uncertainty? What is the advice in times of COVID that you'd like to share? Yeah, so uh, like uncertainty has been the second nature after my graduation. So I, at one point, I wasn't sure if I would be get, uh, I would be able to get the STEM extension because there was some problem with my employer. And then after that, um, there was a, a delay in getting my STEM OPT because of the government shutdown that was here earlier. Um, so I got my work authorization five days before I read out of my So I did not give up because there are some things that are not in our hands and you can't do anything about it. Like for example, the COVID-19 or the world economy, you can't, that's not something that you can fix. So stop worrying about the things that you can't fix and do the things that you can. So right now I have gone out three times in the past two months, um, mostly for groceries. And at one point we were just getting groceries delivered because it was so unsafe to go out. But I've been learning new skills. Like I've been trying to learn more of like video, video making and things like that, because that's something I've always wanted to learn. Like I've, I've been writing some scripts about like videos and podcasts and things like that. So you just have to look on the bright side. And if you have the skills um, and you're confident about that, you can make it anywhere in the world. And um, like, to, especially to the students in India, at, at the end of the day, you always have a home to go back to. Like if people make such a big deal out of um, staying in the US, but at the end of the day, it's just a choice. Um, US is no better than what India is and our India is no better than what US is. It's just a preference. Well said. So you can uh, make the most of where you are and sort of use your education to succeed wherever you are. So with that, I'd like to close this session. Thank you, Anish. And we'd be delighted to invite you again to our panels and webinars in the future. So looking forward to seeing you again. Yeah. Bye. Bye.